So we are here, week one of Not a Fan, uh, and this series is based on, uh, on a book by the author Kyle Eidelman. And uh, so if you can go on to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and, and just put in Not a Fan, you'll see there is a, there is a nonfiction book by this title. And so this series is based on that book. Again, I encourage you, if you're interested, if you're a reader, it's a great read. You can get on there, you know, grab it and, and read through it if you want to, again, dive in deeper. Uh, with that, too, is just, just like anything, but especially with this series, is you will get out of this series what you put into it. Okay? And so, again, if you want to come and just listen to Sunday morning messages and go through it, that's, that's great. If you want to dive deeper, definitely get into a small group. Uh, they say if you want to go even deeper than that, you can order the book. Um, there's also another resource that goes along with it as, as, as a, a, a six-week daily devotional. Uh, again, by, by the, the same title, Not a Fan Followers Journal. Again, these are available online or at bookstores. You can find they're about $7, $8. You can get that. It is a six-week daily devotional for the next six weeks as we work through this. Uh, if you're interested in this, we have a couple of them here out at the Info Center. You can look through it and see if it's something you want to purchase and do that. But again, that's up to you if you want to do that. That's available for you. And again, you can take a look at them. Uh, they are really good devotionals. But we also, again, have other devotionals available out there. The Daily Bread is a great devotional that we have available for you out there all the time for free. So, but again, just want to let you know of that. Okay? And so as we dive into this series, we are here at work week one. Um, and just, uh, again, the, the whole premise of this series, right, is are we going to be fans of Jesus or followers of Jesus? Now, again, we, we know that, that uh, again, we think of the word fan in the context of sports, and we know what it means to be a fan of a sport, right? And, and again, we, we can tell the Boise State fans because we're all tired this morning for being up late, late last night. Okay? But, again, we know what it means to be a fan of something, and it's, again, not just sports, but, again, we can be, you can be a fan of anything. Okay? But I want to start today and just say, thinking about this concept of whether it's a sport or whether it, it's a hobby or a business idea, whatever it would be, is is we, we can, we can kind of wander our way into an interest or hobby, but we, we will eventually hit a point at a crossroads in whatever we're involved in. Okay, this example, again, we, I'll tell you, we, uh, in my household, right, is um, we, the TV's on all the time, and there's, there's usually one of two things that's on the TV. There's either sports on the TV, okay, or there is cooking shows and house shows. Okay, now, and again, I'll, I'll let you guess who watches what, okay, but uh, I'll tell you, is that, okay, that's all the time. Now, I'll tell you, is Maureen is a fan of cooking shows, okay, and, and of cakes. She likes to watch these shows that makes cakes and, and, and all these fancy things, okay, and so, again, several years ago, in fact, when Colin was turning three, okay, uh, Maureen and I decided we were going to go beyond just the, you know, 9 by 13 cake in the pan, for his birthday, and we were going to go a little beyond that. And again, as fans of cake shows, and she was a lot more of a fan than I, but, you know, again, we decided we were going to try something different. Okay, now at this phase of Colin's life, he loved the movie Cars. Okay, he may or may not have watched it two or three times a day. Okay, and so we decided we were going to make him a Lightning McQueen cake. Okay, so again, we were going to jump out, we are going to dive into this, move beyond just watching people do it and try it ourselves. So we did. So this is the cake of Colin's three-year three birthday party, okay, and, and, and again, as he sits there now, as he's this teenager that's taller than me, you know, realized this a long time ago, okay, and, and so you see, that, but that was our attempt, right, like, 
you know, first step out of the 9 by 13 pan, right? Like, it looks pretty good. And, and again, but now Maureen decided, I can do a lot better than that. And she, like, is watching these shows and saying, I can, I can do a lot better, right? And so she continued to, to try things and to practice and dabble in it. And she got better and better and better at it. Okay? And so the more she did it, the better she got. Eventually, she started, again, where this hobby started turning into to kind of a side gig for her. And she started making cakes and, and even making them for friends and, and acquaintances to the point where she was started just selling them to be able to, to buy the supplies to continue to learn to do better. And I would say she got really good at cakes. Okay, again, just to show you, right, this is where it all started. Okay, and then she moved on, right, to where she was, this is one of them she made, right, a Star Wars cake, custom cake. Okay, for, from that, she continued to get better. This is another graduation cake that she made. Okay, and so there's, uh, again, custom ones where this was a, a grandma baby shower okay, cake. Okay, all, all the way, again, to, to some custom birthday cakes that she makes. Okay? Again, these, I mean, incredible, incredible cakes. Okay? And, and so, again, as, as you see, as she progresses, she gets better and better, and they get better. And then people start saying, they're like, wow, you should open a bakery. Right? Like, you're really good at it. And she is really good at it. Okay? And, and now, to say, now she's not making cakes right now, and we got, you know, a few other things going on in our life, and so she's kind of taking a pause from that, and so, but again, if you want to order a cake from her, don't do it right now. She might be doing it later, but again, she's not taking cake orders right now, but as she does this, though, she reaches this point, this crossroads, right, where everybody says, you should open a bakery. You should do this. You could make some really good money. You're that good at it, right, and yet she continued to say, like, no, I don't want to do that, right, like, again, she loves her career. She loves everything else going on. She's like, it's just, it's a fun hobby for me, Right? And she just wanted to stay a fan of cakes. But again, like I said, she just sold it enough to be able to buy the supplies and continue to, to just, you know, to have fun doing it. She, she reached that crossroads, right, when it came to cakes. If either she's going to decide, I'm going to go all in with these cakes, right, or I'm just going to stay where I'm at and just continue to kind of do it for fun. Okay, now we know that decision. I mean, we reached that decision, whether it's with cakes or some other hobby right, or a career path, right, we know that, that moment, right, when you're faced with that decision. I'm either going to go all in and continue to pursue this, right, or I'm going to step back. Now, th- we know that moment, and yet that moment is, is, is prevalent in our lives and a lot of things, but it's never more important than in relationships. Okay, because in relationships, we get to that point in relationships. You start out just kind of casually knowing somebody, and then they become a better friend. And we get to that point in every relationship where you're like, I'm either going to continue to hang out with this person, get to know them better, go deeper, or I'm going to step back. Okay? And, and so this morning, as we think about that idea, and this idea as we step into this series, keep that in mind, at this crossroads, when I'm forced to make that choice. Right? Am I going to engage deeper, or am I going to step back? And as we think about that in this context of relationships, I want to show you this this short kind of intro clip uh, to to the series. Again, the guy in this in this is this is Kyle Eilman. He's the again the author of this book. So let's watch this here for a second. DTR. Some of you will recognize what those letters stand for. If you're not sure, let me help you out. If you are a young man in a relationship with a young woman then uh, chances are these letters are enough to strike fear into your heart. You may run away from, postpone, you may dread the DTR talk. 
Some young men will even terminate a relationship if they feel like the DTR talk is imminent. It is that official talk that takes place in every romantic relationship. Do you know what it stands for, DTR? Define the relationship. You sit down and you decide where things are going. Have things moved from casual to committed? I remember this uh, date I went on in high school. On the very first date, the girl tried to have the DTR talk with me. First date, DTR. I got out of their PDQ. I just ran away. Right? He's like, yeah, I got out of there right away, right? The DTR talk. You know, the time to define the relationship. Okay, and that's, again, what this series is about. Is to say, we are going to have the DTR talk with Jesus. What is my relationship going to be with Jesus? Where am I at? And where do I want to go? Right? Am I going to further engage? Am I going to move forward and continue to journey? Or am I going to step back and say, I've gone far enough? Right? We're, we are at that crossroads. And that's what this series is about. Now, again, you might be here this morning uh, just checking out church, checking out God, and just not sure. And, and again, if this is kind of a first date type of situation for you with God, then um, don't be scared off by the DTR talk. Yeah, just say, it's, it's okay for you just to be here and to, to hear and to listen and consume and, and evaluate, again, what does Jesus really want from me and, and, and am I willing to engage in that relationship? That's completely okay. Okay, but for, for most of us in the room, we have been involved in some sort of relationship with Jesus for a long time. Okay, and we are at that point, right, where we need to define the relationship with Jesus and say, Am I going to move forward and continue the journey, or have I gone as far as I want to go? Okay, and, and with that said, right, is Jesus has given us an invitation to what kind of relationship he wants with us. Okay, even just as we sang this morning, you know, during music, like to say, like, God loves us with everything we have, and what's going to be our reaction to that love from God? Right, am I going to engage in that relationship, or am I going to step back and say, I just want to keep it casual? Okay, now the invitation, again, that Jesus gives us, we see in Luke 9.23. And this is going to be the theme verse for this series, 9.23, Luke 9.23. And then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Again, this is an invitation from Jesus to saying, I want to take our relationship further. But we've gone as far as we can go until you're going to up your commitment. Right, so I, I want to take this deeper, and now, now the ball is in our court. Right? Jesus says, I love you. I, I've, I died for you. I rose again. I, I've you know, forgiven your sins, and, and I'm a part of your life, but now I want to go deeper. If you want to move from fan to follower, there's a couple things that you need to do. You need to give up your way, be willing to give up your way, Take up your own cross, right, which means die to yourself, right, on a daily basis, and really follow me. Again, this is Jesus' invitation to take the relationship to the next level. Okay, and so we, again, are faced with that question. Like I said, um, as, as we face this question, you know, again, are we really ready for this talk? You know, do you, are, um, 
You know, maybe you're just coming to church and you're just kind of hanging out and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Like, but I'm not sure if I want to go deeper with Jesus. But the fact is, if you don't make a choice at that crossroad, you won't go deeper with Jesus. And so as we think about that, that idea, this, uh, you know, this, this reaction we have to this, I want to, um, you know, kind of, again, dive a little deeper into this and in saying, again, that's the question that we're, are faced with from Jesus. Are you a fan or a follower? Okay, now with that said, okay, is one, I just say, so what is a fan, right? How, how do we define a fan? Like I said, we all know it in the kind of the sports context, but what does it mean in the faith context? A fan, I, I want to define a fan as an enthusiastic admirer. An enthusiastic admirer. Again, I'm saying you can be a fan and you can be excited about church and even about, about God and Jesus and the work that he's doing. Right, again, fans are excited. We know that, right, as fans. Right, but, but um, again, you can, you can take a fan, you know, as, and a fan can go at different levels. We all know there's different levels of fans, right? There are some fans, right, that just kind of sit at a distance and, and watch the game every once in a while and be like, yeah, I'm a fan. Right, then there's other fans, right, that have season tickets. Right, and that are in the stadium, right, and that are watching. And even beyond that, there's even deeper fans, right, that know, know the roster and the players and their stats and, and the background on all of them, right? And, and again, we can be, a, there's different levels of, of fandom, right, that happen in sports. And it, I will say that the same sort of thing we see in church, right, is there are some people, right, that are, that are very distant admirers of Jesus. Right, they know a few things, they know a few Bible stories, they, they, they know a few worship songs, and that's as far as they want to go. Right? And yet then there are even deeper fans right, that, um, that, that, again, know more about Jesus, but yet at the same time they're like, I'm not going to truly engage. Because we all know that, again, looking sports, right, is there's a point where you can get to such a strong fan that you commit yourself into that sport or that life of sport. Okay, and Jesus is looking at us and saying, again, you know, I, I don't want you just to sit in church and be a fan your whole life. But I want you to go deeper. Okay, he's inviting us into a deeper relationship. Because the truth is, is that every church has the potential to become a stadium full of fans of Jesus. Right, and again, Jesus was never really that interested in having a bunch of fans. He wants us to go deeper. Again, we can have a tendency to just come together once a week, right, and enjoy church culture and everything it has to offer us and just stay fan. Now, this morning, as we, again, face this question, right, are, are we going to be a fan or a follower, I want to look at John chapter 6, and that's going to be our text for this morning. So if you have your Bible with you, you can open with me to John chapter 6. Um, if you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you, there's Bibles provided for you in the seat pockets in front of you. And on the, on the outline in your bulletin is the page numbers of where you can find John chapter 6 um, in that Bible. So I just encourage you to open with me to John chapter 6. Um, and we're going to start out in John chapter 6, verse 1. Okay? I mean, this is the, the preface to this very, very famous uh, miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Okay, so John chapter 6. Verse 1, where it says this, After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. 
and it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him, and turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Okay, like I said, this is the setup to the feeding of the 5,000. Now, so we see again, he sees this crowd coming to him. Now, with this, it was a big crowd. And again, 5,000 was, was typically the, the men of the crowd. So this was, this was a lot more than 5,000 people. Okay, and again, I want to point out that in, in verse 2, right, Jesus knew there was a crowd coming around, and he also knew what they were looking for. But again, in verse 2, right, he says they kept following around because they saw his signs and he healed the sick. Okay, they were following Jesus around. As we would say, Jesus has gone viral at this point. His population has gone through the roof, right? He has a lot of fans. Again, why were they fans of Jesus? Well, because they liked to see miracles and healings. Okay, there was something that they wanted from Jesus. Okay, and they were coming to him. They were following around because they're like, this is a good guy to hang around because, because you know, he's very entertaining, right? And so there's this big crowd. Jesus knows why the crowd is there. And he knows that this crowd is made up of a whole bunch of fans. And then in verses 5 and 6, right, he turns to the disciples and he calls out specifically Philip and asks this question. But he turns to the disciples, right, and asks them this question, right, like, hey, how are we going to feed all these people? It's almost dinner time, right? And, and again, that's not really the point. I mean, Jesus already knew what he was going to do, right? He's about to do another miracle, right? But notice, why did he ask this question? What was his motivation of asking this question? Okay, notice it says, again in verse 6, right, he wanted to test the disciples. He asked this question to give them a test. And again, it was not just the disciples, but he was going to test this entire crowd. Okay, and what was he testing them for? What did he want to find out? He kind of already knew that they were a bunch of fans, and, and so that he was wondering if especially the disciples themselves were going to be followers. And so he, again, it kind of administers to the disciples and this crowd this fan or follower test. Now, this is not a test that you can, you can cram for the night before and just kind of, you know, go and kind of pass it. Okay, this, this test goes pretty deep. Okay, and, and this test is not a long test. There's only three questions on this test. Okay, and the first question on the test, okay, is why are you here? Why are you here? Because we said, Jesus already knows why a lot of the crowd is there, right? Because Jesus is entertaining, right? He's doing things that are crazy and off the wall. Okay? But then uh, in the following verses, right, he feeds the 5,000, right? He takes five loaves and two fish. He does this miracle. They feed everybody, right? After he feeds everybody, Jesus like sneaks off by himself to go pray and be by himself, kind of leaves the crowd there to disperse themselves, sends the disciples off in a boat out into the sea. Okay, then when Jesus is finally done praying, it's like in the middle of the night, and he, this is when he walks on water to go catch up with the disciples. Again, kind of another very famous miracle. Right, then after he does that, he gets in the boat, they end up on the other side of, of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, and then in the morning, right, this huge crowd like, kind of looks around and be like, wait a minute, where'd they go? Right? Jesus isn't there. The disciples are gone. And so then they figure it out that, hey, they must have gone. Well, somebody thought they saw the disciples go. So they, they end up on the other side of the lake, and they find Jesus. Okay? And when they find him, 
right? They come and they ask Jesus. They're like, hey, Jesus, like, where, how'd you get over here? Like, we, you know, we're, we wanted to, to hang with you, and you just kind of snuck off. Like, like, what's going on? Okay, and then Jesus replies to them in verse 26. Okay, in John 6, 26, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. Again, Jesus calls him right out. He's like, hey, I left you behind because um, you're just in it for the entertainment and the free food. And that's not what I'm looking for. And again, they, he was asking me, he's like, I already know why you're here. He wanted them to ask the question, why are you here? Why do you want to be with me? Why are you following me around? Is it just for the entertainment and the free food, or is there a deeper reason? Okay, they're following Jesus because of what he could provide for them, not because they really wanted their lives transformed. Okay, again, church culture can be a place that is, a, that is, that is great fun to hang around. Okay, because the church can have a lot to offer you. Okay, and we can just be here and you can consume everything, right? And, and, and for years and years, just be here and just enjoy church culture, just like this crowd was enjoying Jesus' company and the entertainment value and the free food and just everything that came with it. But, and our churches can become just like that. And we can be here for years and years and stay a fan and not journey forward in our faith at all. Now, again, consuming what the church has is not a bad thing. As I said, that's what we talk about in our vision and the journey. We start out in our journey consuming, right? It only becomes bad is when we maybe we've been here for years or decades and we're still in the same place in our faith, just consuming and consuming, right? And we look at our journey again, and we hope we move from not just consuming towards contributing, right? And we have that, that's what moves us forward, which also, again, leads us then to the second question in this test. Not only is we ask, why are you here? But Jesus also wants to know, you know, as we lead on to the next question, which is, are you all in? Again, we reach that crossroads, right, where, again, our casual faith can take us only so far. And then we reach that crossroads of like, I'm either going to dive in deep and, and move forward, right, or I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to camp out on my journey and just enjoy where I'm at. Hey, and Jesus is asking him, he's like, I already know why you're here. Now, are you going to go all in? Are you going to go deeper with me? Okay, again, this is the challenge he then gives them, picking up the story in John chapter 6, verse 28. Okay, John chapter 6, picking up at verse 28. And it says, then they replied, we want to perform God's works too. So what should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work that God wants from you, to believe in the one he has sent. And they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? And after all, our ancestors ate manna while they were journeying through the wilderness. The scriptures say that Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Again, Jesus kind of challenges me. He's like, hey, not just why you're here, but are you going to go all in? And their initial reaction is like, yeah, like, let's go. Right? They're like, you know, what else can you do for me? Like, you know, let's do, let's, like, what do I need to do? And then Jesus just is like, time out. You don't understand what I'm asking. Right? Because I'm not just asking you to, to dive in deeper so you can get more out of me. I'm just, I'm asking you to go all in. Again, and, and notice in the following verses, right, they continue this conversa- conversation with Jesus, and it's really kind of a negotiation with him. Right? They're like, well, sure, we'll go deeper, but, like, but then show us, right? And Jesus is like, well, all you have to do is believe in me. I am the bread of life. And they're like, well, no, we don't really want that. Just give us, like, the, the, the to-do list, right? Or, you know, get, give us some, some bread. Like, again, they go back and forth with Jesus, kind of negotiating about whether they're going to go all in or not. Right? And Jesus, again, just tells them, right, that just flat out bold statement in verse 29. Right? He's like, this is the only work that you have to do. Believe in the one who's been sent. Right? Be- just believe in, in me. Believe in the Messiah and go all in with Messiah, and, and believe me, I'm going to take you places that, that are going to be incredible. Okay, but part of this, in order to go all in, is you've got to give up your own desires. Okay, you've got to give, again, what he said in that original verse, right, in Luke, like, die to yourself. Right, and if you give up your life, then you'll find real life. And Jesus is telling me, he's like, no, you're, you're, think, you're overthinking this. Right, and this is not a negotiation. If you're going to go any further in your faith, you've got to just give it all up to me and go all in. And trust me, this is a very simple statement from Jesus, but yet it comes with a lot of ripples. Because this is the kind of faith that starts to affect every area of your life. Right, this is a point, right, when, again, we we go into this negotiation with Jesus a lot in our faith, right? We're like, like, God, yeah, I'll... I'll give you Sunday mornings, right? But then you need to do this for me, right? And Jesus is like, I'm kind of missing the point, right? And we sit back and Jesus is like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that part, but, but then I'm going to hold this part for myself, right? And Jesus is like, it's, it's not that complicated. You just need to take up your cross. Just believe in me, right? And, and again, give up yourself. It comes with a lot of ripples. Right, being a follower of Jesus requires complete commitment. And a follower of Jesus will do whatever it takes to follow Jesus, to be completely loyal, completely committed. Because on the whole, though, is our culture does not do very well with complete commitment. Right, in fact, we like to just dip our toe in the pool. Right, we like to stay on the fence. Right, we want to customize Christianity to the way we want it to be. Right, something that we're comfortable with. Again, we, we, it's easy for us to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm just not going to give up this area of my life. Right? Jesus, I'll give you everything except for that one person that I'm really mad at that really hurt me. I'm not going to give that part up. Right? Like, again, I'll, Jesus, I'll, I will, I'll follow you. Just don't talk about money. Because if you talk about money, then I, I'm, I'm going to have to back off. Right, Jesus, I will follow you, but I, 
not if I have to deny some of my own personal temptation pleasures that you want to take out of my life. I, I'm not willing to go that far, Jesus. Again, we go into this negotiation with Jesus just like the crowd did. Right, and we say, again, yes, I'll go this far, but I'm not willing to go all in. Right? I'm not willing to go that far. And then as this discussion between Jesus and this crowd continues, from verse 37 up to 59, okay, they continue to go back and forth, and the more Jesus challenges them to this commitment, the more confused they get, the more they kind of push back, and the more tension that builds in this crowd as we can imagine, kind of like the tension in this room right now. Right, and we're kind of like, I don't know. You're, going, you're diving too deep, Jesus. You're gonna kind of, kind of stepping on my toes a little bit. And then we get to the last question, right, which he presents to them in verses 60 to 65. So John chapter six, starting in verse 60. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, and so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life, and human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are, spiritual, are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. And then he said, that is why I said to the people that can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. Again, Jesus is, is again, telling us, he's like, again, as his tension builds, and then we get to the final question of the test, and that is this, is have you made your faith your own? Have you made it your own? Okay, again, he's saying, he's like, he's like, the Father has to be molding your heart and coming through this to get you ready to be able to get to this step in your faith. Okay, because until you can get here, until you can make your faith your own, until you join the journey and God's dealing with you and your own heart and your steps, right? He's like, you're never going to get to this point in your faith. Okay, the truth is most of us started coming to church because of a relative or because of a friend, right? Or it's just, it's what our family did. Okay, and again, we can be here, we can, you know, come to that. Um, you know, again, for some of you, I'll tell you, me growing up, church was not an option, right? It's just what our family did. Okay, but then there's a, a point, though, when you have to realize that I have to make my faith my own or else it's never going to change me. Okay, for those of us that grew up in church, again, att attending church to just appease somebody or a significant other or a relative makes it really easy to become a fan. Again, Jesus says in, in verses 63 and 64, as we read, he says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life, but some of you don't believe me. Right? He's like, you're here, but, but you don't really believe. You haven't made it your own. Right? Because the truth is, right, is a relative cannot save you. Right? A, 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 your spouse or significant other cannot save you. Right? Even me as your pastor, I cannot save you. Right, that is 100% solely between you and God. Right, and in order to take your faith beyond being a fan is you have to dive in yourself and make it your own. Believe me, I wish I could save you. 
but I can't. I don't have that power. Right? As he says, only God gives eternal life. Right? And that's solely between you and God. Right? And God is inviting us into a deeper relationship, right? And to say, like, I want to go deep with you. He believes in us, but we have to believe ourselves. Okay? Your loved ones cannot save you. I cannot save you. You have to make your faith your own. Again, and if your faith isn't your own, you are not pursuing a relationship with Jesus. You can just keep coming week after week and begin to create a faith that is somebody else's at first, and it, all it does is numb your own heart to the real thing. You'll be, you will become numb to real faith, comfortable with the songs and with church culture, and yet staying at the point in your journey that requires no personal change. And so the test has reached its conclusion, right? Where we get to the end of the chapter, Jesus has, has thrown out the test and everybody's sitting there, you know, again, going like, man, I don't know. And then we see the reactions that we get from the crowd, okay? And some people in the crowd decided that being a fan was far enough to go on their journey. Some people said, Jesus, I, I'm not, you know what? You're asking too much, I'm good. I'm just gonna stay right here. Okay, we see that again in verse 66. John 6, verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. They're like, Jesus, we've gone as far as we're gonna go. But you're, you're asking too much. Okay, and it said, they, then they left. Right, they, they did not pass the DTR test. Right, they're like, nope, I'm not willing to go there. Okay, and then there were those, those there were others though, right, that had the opposite reaction to the test. Okay, we see there were some who decided to be fully committed followers and journey on, to go further with Christ, right, and, and to give up what he was asking and to go further. We see again in verses 67 and 68, then Jesus turns to the 12 and he asks, are you also going to leave? Right, and Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Again, Peter speaks for the, the other disciples, right? They're like, they're like, Jesus, we've gone all in. We have no other options right now. Right? And we are all in. Like, we are willing to go. Again, you are the way, the truth, the life. We get it. And so we're all in. We're going to keep journeying with you. Right? As you see at this point, right, they did. I mean, they continue to follow Jesus. They continue to give him everything, right, and, and find how true those words really are. Right, as, as Jesus opened up all kinds of new things for these guys because they passed the fan or follower test. And they said, no, we are fully committed. Right, I've given up everything. I have nothing else other than you. Right, and they were good with that. So this series, through these next several weeks, right, we're gonna begin to search our own hearts as we ask this question, am I gonna be a deeply committed follower of Jesus or am I just going to stay a fan? But as we go through this journey, like I said, we're going to kind of dive into all these different aspects and all the ripples that come with following Jesus. But, but as we do that, it brings me then to my final thought here this morning, and that is this. Jesus clearly defines the relationship he wants to have with us. It's a personal, deep, and growing connection. So are you a follower of Jesus or just a fan? Okay, and that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. 
right? And again, if you, uh, maybe you're here today, like I said, you're checking out God and church and, and you're just not sure, maybe you've never joined the journey, you've never received him as your savior, right? Then, again, you can do that today and say, yeah, Jesus, I'm gonna receive you. I confess my sins, right? Forgive me, become the Lord of my life. Show me what that means. You can receive him and that eternal life today if you've never done that. But if you have done that, again, the challenge to us is am I going to dive deeper into my faith? Right, am I not going to be just a fan? Right, but I'm gonna dive deeper into my faith, right, and continue to grow and to go deeper. Uh, that is our prayer this morning. God, we thank you that you invite us, Lord, into a deeper relationship with you. God, you're calling us home. And God, our true home is in a deeply personal, committed relationship with you. And God, I pray that each of us, Lord, would come to you, Lord, and just be able to sing those words, Lord, we are coming to you. God, we lay our lives at your feet. And God, we want to be deeply committed followers of you. And God, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, as we continue to wrestle with this idea and this concept, Lord, that if we're at a crossroads in our faith, God, that you would give us the courage to go all in. And Lord, I pray that as we leave, Lord, and as we continue to go deeper with you, God, that we shine your love and your light in this dark world. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, God, for the invitation that you give us, Lord, to a deeper relationship with you. And Lord, may we continue to journey forward. God, and be more like you tomorrow than we are today. God, as we keep our eyes focused on the true destination of our journey, and that is you. Guide us as we go this week. In Jesus' name, amen.